Welcome and thank you for listening to the CRC podcast brought to you by Pastor Ad Boschel. We believe that God is working across this platform to bring each and every believer revival throughout their entire lives. We hope you are inspired by this week's message. Open your Bibles to Exodus chapter 17. I want to talk about uh, one of God's redemptive names. And the reason is because our world is in turmoil. And I say this often to people that, you know, you don't always choose a battle. A battle chooses you sometimes. The Ukrainians had no choice but to take up arms. Back in the apartheid South Africa, my generation had no choice, but you received your instructions as a 16-year-old, your call-up instructions, and you had to report, or you were on a wall, absent without leave. A lot of Christians on a wall. A lot of Christians who are called to the spiritual battle that are absent, because they don't understand that we are engaged in a warfare. And I'll tell you something, in a time of peace, you have to prepare for war. And uh, uh, one of the greatest deceptions of Satan is, is to take your ears, to rest and to be self-absorbed and not to understand that you are living for a greater purpose. Your life is as a vapor. It's yet today, gone tomorrow. It feels like I was 20 yesterday. Now I'm 37. <laughs> With uh, five grandchildren. My word, I thought I'd never have a midlife crisis, but I'll be honest, when they said, Opa, get behind me, Satan, in the name of Jesus Christ. They just didn't feel okay. And some of you sitting there and smoking, your day is coming, okay? So, um, Opa, like, what? It's like, uh, of course, I'm eternal like you. We don't age, right? I mean it. So we can't live caught up in this time and sell out to this world that we know as time or sell out to culture or sell out to anything that doesn't have eternal value attached to it. Because ultimately you're an eternal being. The Bible says, Paul said, though the outward man perish, the inward man is renewed day by day. That's why you look in the mirror, you think, but that's not me. Okay, amen. I look better than that. So Exodus 17 verse 8. Let's talk about the Lord our victory and how we are going to prepare ourselves for the next two years in South Africa, in Africa, against every demonic onslaught, against Christianity, against our young people, uh, theology that is released at the high, higher learner institutions to confuse our young people concerning identity, concerning who they are and what they should believe. And the world will always find some superstars to promote their agenda. As I said today, um, certain things have become very sophisticated, but it still is what it is. You have to see things for what they are, or you'll be caught up into the agenda of the hour, and you will find yourself lost. And really, I'm not so concerned about you. I'm concerned about your children, and your grandchildren, because we don't live for ourselves, right? We live for future generations. Same in every young person under the age of 20. Shout, give the Lord a praise. 
So he has Moses, he brings Israel out of Egypt and uh, Amalek comes to fight with Israel at Rephidim. And Moses said to Joshua, choose us some men and go out, fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod authority of God in my hand. The intercessors, we have to pray like never. Pastors, you have to take your authority in your cities and you have to pray like never and execute judgment upon the principalities and powers in your communities. So Joshua did as Moses said to him and he fought with Amalek and Moses, Aaron and Hur, H-U-R, went up to the top of the hill, which is what they did in those days was to go spend time with God. They went to a high place. Now, idol worship also went to the high places. I mean, there is power in the realm of darkness, but it's nothing in compared to the power of God, which is about to hit planet Earth. Say Amen tonight. Come on, God's glory is gonna hit our world like we've never seen it. And there's gonna be a revival. God's gonna move in power like we've never seen God move on planet Earth. Because when the enemy comes in like a flood, God will lift up a standard against him. So there's always the counterfeit. And normally the counterfeit precedes what God plans. So this whole move of false prophets and this during this COVID time, there was a tremendous turning back to certain practices because the church was locked out. So people went back to what they knew. And now they're in the grip by witchcraft and by many other things. And we have to break that. Are you listening to me? I mean, last Sunday we had six teenagers come to church and uh, under their clothes, they had their dress on of the, uh, uh, I don't want to say that word, Sangoma, um, because I'm going to offend them here in the church. But this is a church, I may say it, okay? If you, if you are Sangoma, like a Viopel. I'm not against you, but I'll tell, tell you something, you don't have no power. You're going to pay a price for your practices, okay? So uh, um, six boys came and, you know, Satan isn't powerful. And they all fell and wallowed and uh, crawled around and we don't entertain demons and we just cast them out, okay? So um, there's going to be a lot of devils that will lose their hold on people. Um, Stubborn spirits, um, spirits of addiction, spirits of sexual bondage. Things that are having are holding people captive. God's going to move, and Satan will lose his hold over people's lives. So he has Moses. There's a battle going on for the nation of Israel, and goes Moses goes to the top of of the hill and he prays, and Moses' hands became heavy. He became weary. A lot of people have become COVID weary. Their hands have become heavy. They don't want to praise. They don't want to pray. The Bible says, "I would that men pray everywhere." lifting holy hands. They don't want to praise. Can you lift your hands tonight and give God a praise? Come on. Oh, come on. You're not praising a man. You are praising God. Lift your hands and give Him a praise. Uh, So many people have become very heavy-handed when it comes to their prayer. 
to their praise and to their giving. So leadership sometimes takes a toll. Leaders need those around them that will support them and pray for them. That includes our president. The one God chooses, amen. So Moses' hands became heavy, so they took a stone, everybody say a stone, and they put it under him. And he sat on it, and Aaron and Hur supported his hands, one on one side, the other on the other side, and their hands were steady until the going down of the sun. So this is how Joshua defeated poverty. Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. Then the Lord said to Moses, write this for a memorial. In the book of the recount of the hearing of Joshua, that I will utterly blot out the remembrance of Amalek from under the sun. I'll tell you these, the days of these evil conspirators are coming to an end in Jesus' name. Say Amen. And Moses built an altar and called the, uh, the, 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 its name, the Lord is my banner, or there it is, Jehovah Nisi. One of the seven redemptive names of God revealed in the Old Testament. The Lord is my banner. The Lord is my victory on the battleground. So the first thing is, there's a battle going on. Moses gets a little bit tired because he's standing with his hands in the air and they do two, two things. The first thing is they put a stone under him. Now, thank God, we are not praying from a place of weakness and we are not standing on a place that is shallow. We are standing on Christ, the solid rock. All other ground is sinking sand. We are praying from a place of victory. Come on, in the name of Jesus Christ. We are standing on a chief cornerstone, a sure foundation, the rock of all ages, the Christ that followed them, the rock that they drank from, the rock that is our safety and our refuge and our protection and our fortress. We are standing on solid ground. So the first thing we have to do, we have to position ourselves on the rock. On Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. We don't look for our refuge anywhere else. We don't look for our strength anywhere else. We position ourselves. These people were smart enough to say, we need to get a rock. And that is prophetic of the New Testament. If you're gonna see Jehovah Nisi, God, your victory, then you have to be positioned on a solid foundation, which is only one. His name is Jesus Christ. Come on. The one who defeated the devil, the one who rose from hell, the one who said, all authority is mine. The one who said, I have the keys of the kingdom. Come on. I'm the one that was dead and I'm alive. So you have to be positioned. Listen, not on religion, not on a formula, but you have to fight in a place called rest, which is the grace of God, which is living reliant, dependent upon the finished work of Calvary because the price has been paid, the battle has been won and the foe has been overcome. We are not trying to defeat the devil. We are merely putting our feet on what Jesus already did. He is defeated. We are enforcing His defeat. We do not accept the powers of darkness to take us out of our place. We keep ourselves in a place of authority, in a place of strength, and we refuse to give up territory. Come on, church, can I have a hoorah 
in this place tonight in Jesus' name. So I cannot become double-minded. I cannot become unsure about my identity. So I do not give up my identity because of a woke movement. I said it. Yes, I did. You may grapple with identity and I have total compassion for you. I'm not anti-anything. Let me be very clear. Jesus is not anti-anything because if you have to preach against a certain segment, you have to preach against everybody. Every glutton, every drunkard, every fornicator, every adulterer, every thief. You won't have anything else to say. So let me, let me make it very clear. I'm not anti-gay. I'm not anti-lesbian. I'm not anti-homosexual. I'm not anti the young fornicator. I'm not anti the young glutton. I'm not anti the drunkard. I said it. I'm not anti because the gospel is not anti. The gospel is the antidote for sin. The gospel changes behavior. No man can change anybody's behavior. What I am against is if you are a drunkard, you come and impose your drunkenness upon me. And you don't want me to be sober minded. You want me to be a drunkard. I say, no, I'm not gonna be a drunkard. You wanna be a drunkard? That's fine for you. God's grace will deal with you. But you're not gonna bring your crisis into my world because I know who I am. I am seated on the rock. I am seated in Christ. I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. So your education you wanna force down our young people's throats will not rob me of my identity. Now remember, um, every generation grapples with identity. Not just this generation. This generation is being exploited. But every generation has always grappled. Talk to your grandparents uh, about the 60s, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. That oma van jou wat nou met die bolas sit. Daai was a rove meisie gewees. A rocky was hy. Met oe hake. Jy denk jy is rof. Sy was rof en onbeskof. Maar nou sy preets. Oh my dochter. Um, nee, 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 nee. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, 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 so they they were rebellious. They and then in that rebellious movement um, of this free fighting everything that was the norms of the day. It's not unique to today. It's happened before. But yes, the good news. In the midst of that chaos where everybody slept together and there were no norms and no values and people tried through um, universities and always through the higher learning institutions try to promote their evil agendas in the guise of being sympathetic and caring until you disagree with them, then you see they are not sympathetic at all because you have to swallow their agenda or you become the enemy. They don't care about my rights, but I have to care about their rights. Excuse me. I will also be intolerant of your intolerance towards me. Leave me and I leave you. But as a Christian, I have to teach you who you are. So when this whole move happened, which brought chaos together with the Vietnam War and uh, very similar today, there was a social revolution and politicians didn't know what to do. And 
everybody was propagating certain things and uh, this was the prelude to free drugs and marijuana and etc etc everything else that we are actually living in the aftermath of this this generation that is now vulnerable after covid all that's happened is that satan has seen an opportunity to push an agenda to get you confused again because every young person every young person at some time asks the question who am i and when you ask that question you want to experiment and experimenting makes you vulnerable then somebody comes and confuses you so you become more vulnerable and as you go down the path of experimentation you lose your soul and you become a broken vessel well we know god specializes in fixing you so we have to present solid ground in a world that is unstable so in the 60s late 50s in the 60s when this whole hippie culture was all over the world came from america hit the world i mean people were raving like nobody's business it was drugs 24-7, it was everything, free for all, like you've never seen. If you think parties today are wild and raves today are wild, they didn't rave for a weekend, they raved for three months non-stop. That's how wild they were. But here comes Jesus and the Jesus movement is born, hallelujah. In the midst of that chaos, God raises up some of the greatest preachers that brought revival to these young people. And today, some of those young people, oh, give the Lord a praise. Some of these young people are the greatest preachers alive on planet Earth. I'm telling you that God is going to raise you up and God is going to do something amazing in your life. If you believe it tonight, give Him a praise in Jesus' name. So if we, if we, if we stand any chance in defeating what Satan is trying to bring in our personal lives or to the world, we have to find a rock, a, a source of stability, your basis of truth, your pillar, your guide. Not some lady that sits there and becomes your guide or some prophet that asks money to be your guide. No, the one who paid the price for you, the one who died for you, the one who is unchangeable, the one who is immovable, the one who is steadfast, the one who is sure, the one who stood the test of time for 2,000 years. That gospel message still works and saves the drug addict and heals the broken heart. Oh, come on! And sets the captive free in Jesus' Name. So, some of you have lost the way because you're listening to everybody else. You have to find your way back to the rock. Your, your emotions have become heavy. Your lifestyle have become heavy. Your friendships have become heavy. Just like Moses, his hands became heavy. He lost himself for a moment in the heat of battle, which we cannot afford to do. On Christ, the solid rock, I stand. All other ground or basis for truth is sinking sand. Because who decides what truth is? Truth that changes all the time. Well, He hasn't. His Word hasn't. He has stood the test of time. So, if you don't find yourself back to the rock, you're always going to be shaken because you're not in a place of victory. You're not in a place of steadfastness. You are looking for security, 
for identity which is in Him, in Christ. Amen. Are you listening to me? Because if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. The life I now live, I live by the faith of, of the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself me. The, the first part of that verse is, it's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. So when we forget this, we lose our position of victory. Listen to me. When we forget whose we are and who we are, we lose our initiative on the battleground. So the first thing they did, in the heat of battle, they positioned a rock, which is what we're going to do in South Africa, in Cape Town. Hello, Cape Town. And on Wednesday night, we're going to remind the Cape Townians that um, the future is not in the independent state of Cape Town, but the future is in Christ, the solid rock. Shout Amen in Jesus' name. Amen. You're not going to become a country by yourself because Gauteng owns you in any case. So, so that means you'll become a suburb of Gauteng. <laughs> Oops. So, uh, the Groot Trek. You fought yourself, man, it's Sam. In any case. Don't now stay away because I said that because you know when I'm talking, it's the truth. So, so the second thing is the right people were positioned next to him. Come stand here, please, and stand here. So the right people were positioned. Listen to me very carefully. Your friends can make you or break you. <laughs> now you, you're not listening to me. Your friends. Your girlfriend. Your boyfriend. Hey, good looking. What you got cooking? Your friend. The angry man. The one who hasn't dealt with racism. Your friends. I mean, listen to me very carefully. If people don't love Jesus the way you do, they're going to take you away from Jesus. I'll say it again. If people don't love Jesus the way you do, they're going to take you away from Jesus. If people don't love Jesus the way you do, they're going to take you away from Jesus. If people don't love Jesus the way you do, they're going to take you away from Jesus. Listen to me. I'm tired to see the light and the life go out of a young person's life because of a wrong relationship. Because the girl is pretty and the brother has lost his soul. And the chances that he's going to marry that girl is zero. And he's getting messed up. Ripped to pieces. Blinded by deception. Because he's positioned himself in the battle. Which by the way, is for your soul. Yeah, yeah. What's your for my cake? Your seal. Your seal. Your soul that Jesus died for. Your soul that you should protect at all costs. Your soul that cannot be purchased with silver or gold. Your soul. 
that will be influenced by those that you position closest to you. So when that man was paralyzed, it took four friends to bring him to Jesus. Thank God they were not cynical for friends. Thank God they were not giver-uppers. Thank God they were not social media Christians. Thank God they broke the roof open when the power of God was in the house and when nobody made a demand on the power of God, their faith carried him to Jesus Christ. And the Bible says, when Jesus saw their faith, He said to the man, your sins are forgiven you. Then He said to the man, rise up, take your bed and walk. So who are these people standing to your left and your right? Because they're going to take you up or down. Say it again. Who are the people standing to your left and your right? They're going to take you up or down. I'll say it again. Who are the people on your left and your right? They're going to take you up or take you down. Jesus was very selective of His inner circle. When He went to raise Jairus' little girl, He always only took three people with Him, Peter, James and John. When He climbed to the mountaintop, He didn't let everybody climb with Him. Again, He took Peter, James and John. And then Peter didn't get it. He said, shall we build three tabernacles? That's okay, clumsy, but his heart is right, okay? Um, He's willing, he's keen. He wants to go to church. He wants to change the world. Sometimes um, uh, his, his, his strategy is not right, but he's full of fire. He's full of Holy Ghost. Um, he, he's not disarmed. He hasn't become a weak, spineless, wimpy puppy dog. He is all uh, fire, man of God that God uses on the day of Pentecost in the name of Jesus. So Jesus was very selective. You have to hear me tonight. He prayed. He had many disciples. He spent all night in prayer to choose the 12 that was close to him because he understood the power of association. He understood those that were in his space. Could take him up or down. So Moses goes to the top of the mountain and we know Aaron is the high priest. So Aaron is the right guy to go. Her represents a mighty warrior, a businessman, a leader in the business community, a man of stature, a leader among leaders. Yeah, you see in the Old Testament, you see a partnership between the priesthood and business. You see a partnership between kings and priests to steady the hand of God to bring deliverance to our world. So a business will not do this alone. The church will not do this alone. The government definitely will not do this by itself. It is going to take a divine partnership. So we are talking on a higher level, uh, but when we bring it down to our own lives, where we live, we have to ask ourselves a question. When we go through difficult times, you don't want to splash it out there on social media and everybody has an opinion. You want to have this person on this side that can raise your arm, donkey, and you want to have this person, uh, you can hold my microphone with the other hand, and... Hallelujah. And you want to be in a place of victory. Come on, you want to stay there. When you feel tired, you want people on your side. People who remind you what Jesus did for you. People who remind you that you are seated on Christ. People who want to remind you by the stripes of Jesus you were healed. People who will remind you God will make a way where there seems to be no way. People who will remind you that God is for you. It doesn't matter who can be against you. People that hold your hands up in praise, shout amen in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. On Christ, 
the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. Where are you standing tonight? Where are you positioned? Not in a formula, but in a relationship. Because that's the place we fight from. And we see while Moses' hands were up, Joshua had the initiative on the battleground. When Moses' hands became heavy, Amalek had the initiative on the battleground. Just the challenge. In times of peace, the church stops praying. And people begin to play. And then Satan, who never sleeps, either comes with his activity and infiltrates. And like this whole COVID pandemic caused many people to be blinded, dislocated, disengaged, and people have turned back to a lifestyle of pleasure and convenience. And it's like we're having a party and the enemy is on your doorstep. The enemy is after your children and you are having a party. You are living self-absorbed and self-consumed and you don't realize what is heading your way because that is how Satan blinds the people of God by focusing them on the here and the now. Hear me very carefully. We're in a critical hour in many of our personal lives, but also in, as a country, young people, this generation, education, medicine, call it what you like. It's like in the beginning when, when God created the heavens and the earth, the Bible says there was darkness upon the face of the deep. And I say these things so you can see it, but with it, I want to give you the hope to say, when the darkest, darkness was at its darkness, God said, let there be light and there was light. Listen, God is going to cause His church to arise and shine. God is going to cause His people to stand up and we are going to see a revival and a move of God in Jesus' name. And God is going to use many of you, but you have to make up your mind to return to that place, that place, that person that is your security, that is your refuge, that is your fortress. And you're not going to do it by yourself. One thing this um, COVID showed me is Christianity in isolation does not work. It destroys people in a way that is unimaginable. We're dealing with the aftermath of that. I'm not going to give COVID uh, a, a continual attention, but as a pastor, we're dealing with it all the time. And these politicians, these politicians never took the church serious and owe the church a serious apology for the damage they caused in the kingdom of God. I don't care whether you agree with it. I'll, I'm going to tell them at the right time. You mistreat it because of an agenda. The church. Therefore, we have to become more determined and more resilient and more discerning to what is happening in our world and not be caught up. I watched, it's terrible actually. I watched, uh, I shouldn't watch it, but I did. Um, because I'm interested in warfare, uh, etc. How these drunk soldiers were being bombed. And I mean, the bombs were falling um, and 
they were drunk. It's like it didn't even bother them. They were so drunk that they were not afraid of the shrapnel and people were dying all around them. They were so drunk. It made me think of where we are as people. We are so drunk with whatever, intoxicated with whatever, that we don't even see the bombs. We don't see the enemy in our midst. It's like we're asleep in the heat of battle. And you see this, people sleeping and here comes the bomb, gone. They don't see it. Not alert, not vigilant, not alive, not awake. We have to. Child of God, Church of Jesus Christ, we have to rise up to the occasion and the hour. And it doesn't require 32,000 people, 300 mighty men and women that will say enough is enough, that will storm the gates of hell, that will knock on the gates of heaven and cry out to God, spare your people, oh God, spare your people. It's gonna take 300 intercessors that will weep between the porch and the altar and say, save our people, God, save our nation. Come on, in the name of Jesus Christ, God doesn't need an army. God needs a few surrendered individuals that will say, Lord, here I am. Lord, all I have is yours, use me. And you can be a grandmother in a township and you can pray heaven down in a city. You can be in China and you can pray for a revival in Asia. You can be anywhere and you can cause a move of God because God gave you the power and God gave you the authority through the mighty name of Jesus Christ. If you know your identity and you know the source of your power, you can shift things in the heaven. You can go put your feet on that university and say, I claim this territory for God, for every place that the sole of my foot shall tread upon, God has given unto me. Some of you need to go in the highways and the byways and you need to put your foot in a place and claim that for the kingdom of God. Shout amen in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. So they, they, they place him on a rock and they position the right people next to him. And while his hands are a victory, it's actually amazing because nobody could see the influence of prayer in the battleground. Listen, we have the power, not, not, not the, the workers of darkness and the, the practitioners of, of certain things. The occult doesn't have the power. We have the power. The church has the power in the name of Jesus Christ. Come on. It's our time to take our position. Come on before the throne of grace. It's our time to storm the gates of hell. It's our time. Come on, gates of hell don't move. It's our time to knock on heaven's door and to pray the rain until it falls in Jesus' name. God said to Joshua, every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, I've given unto you. Rather than talking about the negatives in our universities, go stand in that battleground and raise your hands to God and claim that generation. Because debates, arguments will not change and persuade people. 
people need an encounter with God. And you know, when we started in Bloomingdale um, and God really exploded the church, we had every witch doctor come and every Satanist. I used to play that song because it was funny for me. She's a long-legged woman dressed in black, dressed in black, dressed in black, dressed in black, black, black. Okay, you don't know the song, it doesn't matter. Because they always came there in the black and then they would sit in the back row and they would like cats. And I look, for me it was very funny because I mean, you know, a little cat does that to a lion. You really don't get phased by that. It's like, okay. And they'd get saved like this one after the other. Then they come there with the and I just preach and the Holy Ghost moves, give the altar call, they walk forward, there they stand, three dressed in black. Next week, four dressed in black. Eventually, none of them were dressed in black, okay? Um, God saved all of them, all of them. I tell many stories, many, 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 many stories, many, 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 many. That's why I say to people, people that sell out to the, the powers of darkness, there's no reward there. I've never seen a witch age graciously. Have you? No. I've delivered many. I've never seen a witch age graciously. Never. They start out pretty when they're young. But by 50, it's payback. Satan wants what's his. He gives you power. He wants something from you. He wants your life. A life for a life. You sell your soul to the devil you'll pay a price. You don't give your life to Jesus Christ, you will pay a price. You say, don't talk to me like that. I didn't. You pay the price for sin, which you don't have to, because Jesus paid the price for your sin. He died once and for all for the sins of everybody. Your redemption is now up to you. Receiving God's forgiveness is your choice. Not your friends, your choice. But I want to say this again. Listen, if the girl doesn't want to come with you to church, the conversation is over. <clears throat> if the guy doesn't want to come to you with you to church. And all that they were can praat is rugby, soccer, Toyota, Braifleis, Yucky. I mean, surely you want to marry a brain. Somebody that actually can have a conversation, not somebody that just goes like, Ek praat nou nie met die getroudes nie, ek praat met die ongetroudes, asjeblief. Daar hou wat, wat jy nog nie besit nie. Ja? 
If if you don't give Jesus your everything, listen very carefully tonight, then you've given him nothing. If you haven't given him everything, you've given him nothing. If he hasn't become the pearl of great price and he becomes the love of your life, then something else is going to come and take his place in your life. And there is no one like him. There is no one. He doesn't judge you. Listen, don't clap. He loves you. He cares about you. And he paid the price for all of your sin. And that's what grace is. It is God's favor to you and through you, unearned, undeserved, because of God's mercy, God's willingness to treat you better than you deserve, to say, I forgive you, all your sin and all your iniquity. But from the moment you receive Jesus Christ, now we're going to walk together in a covenant relationship. You are mine and I am yours. Now we are one. I now become your best friend. I become the one you are seated on. And the people that stand on your left and your right, you will ask my advice. And if they take you away from me, they're not the right people for you. If they come stand next to you and they put their seat next to you and they also are seated on Christ as their basis of truth, then you will progress together in the future that God has for you. Come on. If they don't love Jesus the way you love Jesus, it's going to take you places you don't want to go. I'll tell you again, if they don't love Jesus the way you love Jesus, they will take you where you don't want to go. You have to decide tonight. You have to redecide. Is there a word like? I want every head bit, every eye closed, please. There's a lot of stake. You say, what do you mean, Pastor? Your soul is at stake. Sitting there in Porch tonight, Bloemfontein, Johannesburg, in Valcom, in Kimberley, in all our great churches, Durban, in Vintuk tonight, your soul is at stake. He paid the price for you to be free. You're sitting here tonight, you say, Pastor, if I died, I don't think I'll go to heaven. They're in Bloemfontein. Things I said tonight touched a nerve. But one thing that every human being knows is you're right with God or you're not. You are ready to meet your maker or you're not. Maybe at some time you were on fire for God, but you've grown cold again and you've wandered away from Him. Come back to Jesus tonight. God doesn't have everything, anything against you. He holds nothing against you. He loves you the way that you are. He cares about you. And He doesn't come and point out your sin. He points you to the remedy, to the solution, to freedom. Tonight you're sitting in this place. You say, Pastor, I left my father's house like the prodigal son. Maybe you got involved with friends on your left and your right that's stolen the fire from your heart for God and you become lukewarm. It's not worth it, young person. It's not worth it. It's just not worth it. Believe me, it's not worth it. It's not a place you want to live. Or maybe tonight if you died, you say, I don't know where I will spend eternity. Then I want to pray for you. No one moving, please. Every head bowed, every eye closed. You say, Pastor, that's me. I need a fresh start with God, a new beginning. I want to give my life to Jesus tonight. I want to come back to Jesus. 
That's the cry of your heart tonight. Let me pray for you. Every head bowed, every eye closed in all our churches tonight. You say, that's me. There's a stirring in your heart. God is knocking at the door of your heart. But you have to open the heart. You have to decide that I want to follow Jesus and surrender all to Him. If that's your desire tonight, you say, I'm coming back to Jesus. I'm surrendering my life to Jesus. I want to accept Jesus as my Lord and Saviour. Tonight, I want to put everything in the hands of Jesus. If that is the cry of your heart, quietly, wherever you are, just raise your hand. I want to say a prayer for you. Quickly, all over this place, raise your hand up high. Lift it up. Thank you. Thank you. Raise it. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Raise it up. High, high, high. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. Reach your hands out to these people. And uh, all those people in the altar in Bloemfontein, and everybody pray this prayer with me tonight. Say, Lord Jesus, tonight I give my life to you. Thank you that you love me so much that you died for all my sin. I believe you are the Christ. I believe you rose from the grave. I believe you are alive. Tonight I surrender my life to you. I open my heart and I accept you. Is my Lord and is my Savior. Thank you for forgiveness and for giving me the power to live from you. I repent of all sin and I publicly confess you as my Lord in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. Upon the profession of your faith, your sins are forgiven you. That's what the Bible says. You now have the power go and sin no more and live in victory for the glory of God and make a difference in your world. We hope you received exactly what God had in store for you from this week's message. If you have been touched by our ministry, you can help us achieve our mandate and win the lost at any cost by visiting our website at crcchurch.com. Thanks again for listening and God bless.